You are listening to Parenting Our Future with certified parent coach, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. For more information on my book and other resources, check out yellingcurebook.com. Hi, welcome back. It's Robin McMahon here, and I am going to talk today about peaceful discipline. Now, I'm asked all the time what my views are on discipline. I talk a lot about it in, in my book, The Yelling Cure, and in short, I don't believe in it. Before you shut off the podcast and change the channel and go somewhere else, I want to explain why. I don't believe in it because I think it distracts from the actual important issues, the the actual real driving force behind why your child's acting the way they are and what they did to evoke this punishment or the anger that you have that has driven you to punishment. And when I talk about peaceful parenting, it's parenting without punishments, but it doesn't mean that there aren't some natural consequences, which I'm going to talk about at the, uh, at the end portion of this podcast. But here is the thing. It doesn't mean that there aren't times where you need some correction for your child. And because I get a lot of questions on this, I really want to clarify what I mean by peaceful discipline. And when I think that discipline or consequences are necessary. Now, in general, in the parenting that I live in that I teach, it is about peacefully connecting with your child and putting the relationship first. But that doesn't mean that this is a free-for-all for your child and that your child is running the show. No, you are still the parent, you are still the one in charge, and you are the one that sets the boundaries and expectations. And that's the way it should be. But the issue becomes muddied and difficult for parents because when their child does something they don't want or does something rude or destructive or talks back, usually our knee-jerk reaction is to go to punish because we don't have any other tools to correct the behavior. So we go to what was done to us, which for the most of us, it was to punish. Now, punishment... I'll agree, can work in the short term. And your threats and your punishments may work to get your child to curb their behavior. But what happens is, is our kids will focus on the punishment and maybe how unfair you are, but they haven't learned what they should have done or what they need to do next time to correct this behavior. All they are focusing on is the punishment and that you maybe don't even get them, you don't listen to them, and you haven't as their parent, gotten to the bottom of why they acted the way they did in the first place. So the way I teach parents is to seek to understand their kids first and say things like, oh, wow, you must be so upset to say that to me that way. What's really going on? What I want you to do is I want you to take the behavior as secondary, which means you don't focus on it first, right? I want you to not look at things as good or bad, as behavior as good or bad. I want you to look at it as neutral and simply as communication, letting you know that there is something going on with your child. And this is so important because if behavior is really just communicating, then punishing the communication doesn't get us anywhere. If you look at this behavior as secondary, as communication, 
then you can find out what's going on. If not, then you're just adding another layer to it. You haven't gotten to the root of the problem. And now you've added a layer of punishment, which breeds resentment, makes the child feel that they aren't heard, they aren't listened to, they aren't valued. So I'm really asking you to do things in a different way than the way we were parented. Now, I had someone reach out to me recently and say, okay, I read your book. I get that you don't believe in punishment, but I can't let my kids think that they can just get away with everything. And I said to her, okay, I, I get what you're saying. And there really isn't a guidebook for when you punish and when you don't. But you've got to stop for a second and ask yourself, why? Why are you using punishments in the first place? Usually it's because that's just how things were done with us, right? That's the way our parents did it. But do you feel that without punishments, your child will not be a good person? Do you feel that punishments are the only way to get your child to be a good person? And when you think of it this way, isn't that counterintuitive that to hurt your child, sometimes physically or emotionally, to shame them, to blame them, criticize, judge, yell at them, take things away that they love, stop them from experiences that will be fun for them. Do you think that makes them a good person? Well, in my opinion, the answer is no. Because in this case, you've used your power over your child. They already know that they are powerless. And now you've used your power over your child when they can't fight back. And what you haven't done is you've never learned how to influence your child to behave the way that you want them to behave. I want you to take these opportunities of misbehavior and use them to grow your relationship with your child and really connect with them to find out what's driving their behavior. Because I can tell you there is always something driving that behavior. So with this mom who reached out to me, I said to her, if you really feel that you need to be punish your child, I want you to be careful how you do it. Because if your child is being rude and unruly and you say, stop it, or you can't go to the birthday party, tomorrow. Well, what does a birthday party have to do with your child being unruly? Why would we take something away that gives them joy and, and fun because we're uncomfortable that they're unruly? The fact is, is that something else is going on with your child. Maybe they're overtired. Maybe they're hungry or they're just needing to release some energy or they're feeling angry about something or trying to get your attention. Maybe you haven't paid attention to them all day. And that's why they really need to seek your attention right now. That's why they're acting the way that they're acting. So what you need to do is you need to just pause for a moment and ask yourself, okay, what is going on with my kid here? Why is she acting this way? What's going on with her? And then try to go to your child and solve the problem. And Aid, depending on their age, you can go to them and ask them what's going on. If your child is too young, then you can give them suggestions and say, like, it looks like you're feeling really energetic right now. How about we take all this energy and we go outside and run around for a little bit? Does that, does that sound like fun? You know, that's something that you can do. No punishment is needed. I also had some clients that have three kids, very energetic kids, and all close in age, and they decided it was a good idea to throw the ball around the house. 
well, it's not allowed in their home to throw the ball. So they asked me, okay, what kind of punishment should I, should I put in place when they do things like this that they're not allowed to do? And I said, you know, I don't think you need punishment. What needs to happen is you need to say, hey guys, you're bouncing the ball in the house or you're throwing the ball in the house. It's not okay to throw the ball in the house, but I see you really want to throw the ball. So come on, you guys, let's go outside. Let's throw the ball around for a little bit. Or how about you two? Why don't you go in the backyard and throw the ball around? What do you guys think? Right? No punishment is needed. No blaming, no shaming, no criticizing, nothing making them feel like they're bad kids. You're just redirecting them and saying, hey guys, look, we're not doing that in here. Here's, here's where you throw the ball. The ball is to be thrown around outside. The same couple said, okay, well, one of our, one of our boys loves bouncing the ball in the kitchen. He loves the way it sounds in the kitchen, but it's driving us crazy. What do we do there? And I said, okay, great. What a cool opportunity for you to connect with your son and, and say to him, Hey bud, you know what? It's really hard when you bounce the ball in the kitchen because it's right in the way we're trying to get things ready and it's just not a good spot for us. So here's what I think we should do. I think we should go and find the best ball bouncing place in the entire world. Let's go and search and go on a ball bouncing spot hunt. Come on, you want to do that with me? Let's go. And you can go and you can find a spot that's safe, that is out of the way, that will make your child happy. And maybe you mark this special spot with some chalk or painter's tape or some special spot that is the best ball bouncing spot in the entire world. And oh my gosh, you guys are so lucky that you found it together. You know, and again, this, this is something that doesn't need to be punished. And it helps you to connect with your child and doesn't give them the message that they're a bad kid, they're doing something wrong, and that their natural curiosity or their natural way of wanting to play is bad. It's not bad. We just need to look at it as a problem that needs to be solved. You are currently listening to the Parenting Our Future podcast. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And please don't forget to subscribe. And I would be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating on iTunes. If you'd like to connect with me, all my details are in the show notes. And for a copy of my book, go to yellingcurebook.com. Now back to the show. Now, with all that said, there are still some times that our kids really push our boundaries. They push our buttons. They push us. And if that's the case and you feel like some sort of corrective measure or punishment or consequence, whatever you call it, is necessary, then I recommend you follow these steps. First, I want you to go to your child and call out the behavior and say, wow, you know, you really must be angry. Or what's going on right now? How come you're so upset or disappointed? right? Or I see that my answer makes you really angry. Okay. Then the second step is I want you to say, I want you to say, look, I know you're really angry or upset or disappointed, but this isn't something you're allowed to do. And Parents, I want you to make sure that this is a battle that you're willing to pick because if you're going to call out the behavior and you're going to reiterate, look, this is something that you're not allowed to do. I want to make sure that you're using 
a hard no. If this is a hard no, then I want you to make sure it's a hard no and this doesn't turn into a yes later because that muddies the water with your kids. It confuses them. It, it, it means that your no doesn't really mean no and they can keep asking you and your no will eventually turn into a yes. If this is a hard no, then it needs to stay a hard no. So let's say your child is wanting to have a sleepover with another child and that is a hard no for you. Then you have to say no and give them empathy and say, look, I know you're disappointed right now and I bet it feels really hard that you are the one kid in your friend group that doesn't get to go to the sleepover. I know. I know that that's hard and it feels unfair. I really do get it. And that's the empathy that I want you to give them. And I don't want to go on and on about the empathy piece because I do have a podcast dedicated to empathy, which you can find in the list of my podcasts here. But empathy is so important, right? Because it allows you to put yourself in your child's shoes and, and see the world through their eyes. So once you give them the empathy, then I want you to try to find solutions together. Like, I know you're really upset. How can we figure this out? How can we figure this out? That's the next step. And step number four is maybe your child is beyond solutions. Maybe they continue to dig in and continue to say hateful words or continue to be rude and, and all of your efforts aren't working. What do you do then? Well, this is where step number four comes in. So let me give you an example first. Um, one of my clients was telling me that her five-year-old was asking for some hot chocolate and he said, mom, make me some hot chocolate. And she said, well, I'll happily give you some hot chocolate if you ask me nicely. And her son said, just give me a hot chocolate, get it for me. And she said, well, you know what? We don't talk to each other that way in our house. So if you'd like to ask me nicely, I'm happily willing to make you hot chocolate. But if you don't, then I, I won't be able to make it for you. That is what I mean by a natural consequence, right? I expect a certain level of, of respect and manners when you ask for something. And if I don't get that, then I, then I can't give you what you're asking for. I think that's a totally acceptable way to handle, to handle this type of behavior. Another example could be around the use of technology. So let's say your child's been playing on the Xbox and you find out that your child is swearing at other kids, being rude, calling them names, they're fighting with each other, and you have explicitly said that that's not okay. And what you do with this situation is you're going to first go to your child, right? You're going to go through those same steps again. Go to your child, call out the behavior, and say, okay, look, I see that you're really upset right now. But talking that way is not okay, right? Tell me what's going on. Tell me what's going on. Why are you so angry? Why are you so agitated right now? And reiterate the rules and the boundaries. And, and look and say, look to your, and say to your child, look, you're not allowed to play this game if you speak to other people that way right? And that's got to be one of the values that you share with your kids, right? This is the communication that you need to make sure that you have set up before they're even allowed to play, right? And you, you tell them, look, that's not the way we speak to people. And the online world, as you know, can be 
anonymous and we think we can get away with talking to people that way. But if it's important to you that you grow a child who is kind and thoughtful and speaks to each to other people with respect, then you want to make sure that they do that in the online world as well. So what you want to do is, is once you've reiterated the rules, the boundaries that you've put in place around the way you speak to people online, then come up with some solutions like, look, maybe you shouldn't play with that player because they are really making you upset. The things they say makes you sort of stoop to their level and that's not okay. Or maybe you should play a different game. You know, let's come up with a solution so that you don't get so angry, right? But let's say you find out that your child is still doing it and you, the solutions that you've come up with aren't working and your child is getting angry again, swearing, yelling, and it seems really unhinged and really dysregulated. Then this is where you can go and say, okay, we talked about it. I explained to you that this is not okay and you're still doing it. So what I think the best thing to do right now is to take a break from the game. I think we need to put the game away for a bit until you can, until you can get yourself back online, if you will, until you can get yourself back in a better headspace. And maybe that means your child needs to eat something or maybe needs to run around, right? Our kids need to have exercise and run around, especially when you've got older kids that are sitting on the computer and gaming, right? So that's how you would handle that. These are thoughtful, intentional ways to correct your child's behavior, but not once did you blame them, shame them, criticize them, make them feel that they're not good kids. The reality is, is our kids want to cooperate with us. They want to do what we say. And so we need to give them the benefit of the doubt. We don't want to just assume that they're trying to drive us crazy, that they're trying to be bad, naughty, or wrong. They're not. They're just dealing with their own feelings, their own needs, their own emotions, <laughs> all of that stuff is swirling around inside of them. And it's up to us to be their emotional coach and guide them in the right direction, not with power over, not with punishments and shaming and all the things that quite frankly were most probably done to us. I know that's how my parents treated me and it made me feel like I wasn't good enough. It made me second guess myself. And in this way of correcting your child's behavior, you're doing none of those things. Your kids aren't walking all over you they, and you aren't abusing your power as the adult. So to really wrap up here, the best way to approach punishment is not to punish at all. It's instead to understand why your child is acting the way they are. If you follow these steps to a solution, but they can't stay within the boundary, then you hold your ground and you tell them that the behavior needs to change. So to wrap up, the best approach to punishing is to not punish your child, but instead to understand why your child is acting the way they are. To look at the behavior as secondary or neutral, not good or bad. And when faced with behavior you don't like, you are seeking only to understand, understand why, and then come together with solutions so you can move forward without damaging your relationship with your child and damaging their sense of self-worth, valuability, and lovability. 
So I hope that all makes sense to you. And I hope that you will try these steps that are in the show notes so that you can get greater connection and cooperation with your kids. Bye for now, everyone. See you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.